As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Unmarked. A collaborative podcast brought to you by Soccer Bible and Out of Home. Let's go! Yo, you're listening to the Unmarked Show. This is Unmarked. Yo, this is Unmarked. This is Unmarked. Wouldn't believe it, Jeff. He's broken past two defenders, completely on his own in the box. Now tuning in to the Unmarked Podcast. You're listening to Unmarked, featuring Kieran, Kwame, Yaf and Steven. You London boys are crazy. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. That's good. That's good. Like, oh, see you there, see you there. <laughs> Wait, was that intro in the thing? Or was yeah, it yeah, someone yeah. You'll take my charge. Oh shit! All right, welcome to the Unmarked Show. It's a new football series, giving some of your favorite players space to speak freely and give you, our listeners, the opportunity to learn more about them away from the pitch and see them more than just footballers. Brought to you by Soccer Bibles and my good brothers at Out of Home, four Londoners living in Amsterdam, capturing and sharing stories of inspiring people whilst telling our own. With me, I've got my brothers, obviously, Yaf, Stephen. Kwame, myself, Kieran. And we are joined today with Tuba Akpom. Make some fucking yes. noise. Cheese, 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 cheese. We said cheese. Yes. You yes. say, it, man. Am I, supposed, am I supposed to intro myself in? No, we, we just we just talking, bro. We just talking. Listen, we'll get into all of those things. Don't worry, man. We're gonna make you an international podcaster by the end of this show. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I love that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot to get off my chest. You know, as, yeah. as footballers, we don't really get to speak as much as we would like to. Mm-hmm. But trust me, a lot of footballers have a lot to say. So it's nice yeah, to definitely, have a podcast man. like this where you can express yourself. Talk your talk, man. Talk it, me. Talk it. <laughs> don't let me start <laughs> But listen, every, every, before we even get into like your story and um, everything else, on every show... We, we ask ourselves and we ask our um, guests to tell us what made them smile this week. And it, it's a way that we kind of reflect on our, our past weeks, our like achievements, and just have a moment to just be grateful for the things that we have in it. So, Tuba, since you are our guest, bro, what made you smile this week, fam? What made me smile this week? What made me smile this week? Uh, obviously, because I'm, I'm new to the team, there's new rules and that in place. Yeah. And there's one rule where you get a fine if you speak about your previous club. <laughs> <laughs> or, you, or you speak about any player from your previous clubs. That's mad. <laughs> really? <laughs> about this fine, but bro, it's so easy to switch off from that, you know. Oh, man. One of them sucked me in, didn't it? He sucked me in, sucked me in. And I've said someone's name that I played with previously. Yeah. And then everyone started laughing. And <laughs> oh, man. So, 
That actually made me smile. That made me smile. Tube, tubes, do you get do, would you get fined if you mentioned any of those names or clubs on this podcast or what? Nah, nah, not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, how much do you get fined though? It's a twenty pound fine. All right. Okay, come. All right, come. Light, a light fan, a light fan. Yeah. yeah. What, you, oh, what, what about you, boys, man? Oh, sorry, yeah. I thought you were gonna say. No, gonna say? I'm just interested. Like, what's the thinking behind that? Like, have has have you had that at any other club before? Yeah, first time. First what's time. what's the reason why? I don't know. I think it's maybe because some boys come from big clubs. Maybe they like to speak about the players that they've played with too oh, okay, much. Okay, that's, okay. that's my only assumption on that. Mm. Is that a big thing within football? Like players like gassing up their thing. Yeah, it is, man. It is. Really? Yeah. Especially when uh. you get a player that's played at a big club with big players and that. Mm. It could go on and on about what they've done, what they've seen, etc. So Yeah, uh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I can go with what yeah, made me hard this week, man. Pretty simple one, man. Like choose we we launched something this week as a collective for Black History Month. Been putting in mad work. And obviously with our day jobs as well, on top of this, like creating bare stuff, talking to bare different people and just going ham for the last week has been fucking tiring, but it's also been mad rewarding, bro. Like just seeing the reaction, seeing how it's popped off. Um, it just made me smile because it shows that we're, we're heading in the right direction. We're mm. putting in hella work. And yeah, man, it's, it's, it just feels rewarding to, to have an idea and execute it and then see... Yeah, just see the momentum and just see that, yeah, but you're just heading in the right direction. So that's what's made me smile. And I'm sure it's probably what's made everyone else's smile. So I'm sorry if I've taken anyone's lamb lab, but yeah, that's nah, me. Nah, man, I know. No, man. 100%. Man, go to you, go to you. Yeah, I'm going to go. So yeah. Yeah. Um, this is basically the end of a long running saga. So it's not even about me per se, but I mean, I'm sure you guys will know in true, but I'm sure you will relate. Um, basically, my parents went to Ghana in December to basically chill and enjoy their retirement, but they originally oh, yeah. planned to go for three months. They only got back to London last week, so they were in the sort of the 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 the, the, the were supposed to do um what do you call it a, a a three month like you know like enjoying their 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 home country during the during the heat, and then they were just there for a very long time. And uh, <laughs> the last week, I was, last week, last week, I was walking my girl's dog. Shout out to Jeanette. And then um, what you I phoned my mom, and I, and I could just she was at the airport, but I could just hear the relief in her um, in her voice, and it was so Man, nice to hear. Yeah. I plan to see her soon, obviously with quarantine and that. But like, and I know it's something that she's been looking forward to every month. And British Airways or the government in Ghana are just like, no, no, no. Mm. And like you know, like you, 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 man. Even though we we will travel from different places, it doesn't matter where you go. Like if if anywhere else supposed to be um, a holiday place for three months, and it ends up being your home for nine months, you're like, let me just this get place home. Is dead, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah so so I'm, I'm basically happy that my parents are able to to come home to a corona fested United Kingdom. But anyway, I'm happy for them, so it's cool. Um, I can go. Um, yeah. What made me smile this week, definitely setting up um, and starting uh, Forever Forwards. That was kind of crazy, just like to see it happen. And like the fact that we've had all of the, such a short time to turn it around and ha already got so much work done in it. That was sick. And then today I found out one of my tracks was um, playlisted on Spotify. So I was like, yes. Come on. Come on. Smile today, talk bro. that talk. Smile today, bro. Congrats. Congrats. Made me smile today on the R&B playlist. Let them know. 
Jeez. R&B, fuck. <laughs> I knew it was a mistake to go last. How do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, now a couple couple things made me smile. Obviously, it was um, Independence Day yesterday, so it's great to um, just acknowledge the for who the, for who for who for, for, for Nigeria. If you don't know, yeah, content. Come content, on, content. Uh, cool, cool. So Nigeria is like turning sixty years old like yesterday, and our Independence Day is the first of October. Um, so yeah, I think within, it's so funny because I think it gets celebrated more outside of Nigeria than it does inside because inside, like people are kind of, um, a little bit fed up of the situation. And I think it's a lot easier to celebrate outside when you're not in that daily struggle of, uh, being stuck in like five hours of traffic or not having the opportunities or, you know, having the light get taken and things like that. But I think while I was telling someone that hit me up and was just like, oh, there's not much to celebrate. I was like, it's 60 years old. I think like, um, not put my mum on blast or anything like that, but like she's older than Nigeria. And she was telling me this, this, the, the story about, she was like two years old when they got, um, um, she, she had a story when she was two years old and she just remembered them getting independent. So like my mum's older than the country. That's mad. So, um, and she's not, she's not even old, but like, it's just like, it's such a fresh country. It's still, it's got a lot of problems, but like, Independence is independence. So it's nice to chop it up with family. Nice to look back at some of the moments. I've been following Nigeria for a long time. Um, I was born there. I went to school there a little bit as well. So it's good to like look back on that journey and connect with some other people. Uh, outside of that, um, I ventured into the gym. Um, <laughs> mentioned him like it's the Amazon rainforest, bro. What? Yeah, no, it, 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 really, it really was. Like, I found... And my only motivation is because I've got a monthly subscription and I was just all about that return on investment. I was just like, it's not even a fitness thing. It's just like, for me to break even this month, I need to be going at least X amount of times a week. But I've been going in there and just kind of just doing whatever I saw randomly. I was like, oh yeah, give that, give that a go today. But um, <clears throat> been doing that for a while now. But like, yesterday, I think it was two days ago was the first time I got like, you know the nod where someone's like, oh, I can tell you work out. That kind of, I was just like, it's just that kind of nod of appreciation. It's like, I've made it. Are you sure? And he wasn't looking at you thinking, did you do this? Are you using this right, fam? <laughs> Perception is a, is a powerful thing, but I took it the right Are you way. Sure, yeah. Bro? yeah. Let me have my moment. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm seeing but, you try to do a bent over row, bro. <laughs> but I had that moment and I was like, okay, cool. I feel, I feel like I belong and I could feel what must feel like a, some sort of bicep muscle. So that was pretty encouraging. And, Outside of the gym, just learning, um, continuing learning on like the Photoshop and After Effects as well. I put myself through a couple of tutorials and some of the stuff uh, I was able to do actually was how it was supposed to be. So all those things kind of made me smile this week. And sick, yeah, just man. doing our thing. Sick, sick, sick. Um, my brother. So yeah, so yeah Chuba, another thing that we wanted to do today as well mm. was to ask you to tell us two things that people don't know about you. Things people don't know about me. Yeah, man. When you say what people don't know about me, is that what the majority of people know? Yeah, about? it's not commonly yeah. known. Yeah. Not commonly known, yeah. Oh, ah. Someone told me you're a barra still. I heard you got bars. Yeah, you, you already know. So <laughs> is there any point of me even telling you, man, this one? <laughs> no, there is, there is. Go true, bro. Go true. No, we need to know all of it. I heard you got a song on Apple Music still. Yeah, I do, bro. I got a song on Apple Music. That's a lot of people don't know that, but some people do. Mm, but I got a song on Apple Music. 
and obviously my free time I like to go because where I'm from I'm from Cannon Town isn't it so I had yeah. a, a a boy that lived next to me that had a studio so we always used to go and just mess around in the studio. Mm. I don't know if you lot know Don E and yeah 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 know the name. Always used to be there. We always used to be there freestyling, just messing around in it. Sick. So Sick, man. It became something that I like to do. Like now I like to freestyle with my boys. Now I like to go studio. My sister's got a studio. Stoke. That's dope, got, man. Yeah, she got her own business she's running. She's got a studio and she's got a studio in Sick. my house as well. So whenever I'm around, I like to go and just freestyle, just just waffle on the beat, man. Just do anything <laughs> fun with it. That's sick, man. That's so sick to have like a hobby outside of football as well that you like passionate about. But it, it, it's like just having fun as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, literally just having fun. I was even speaking to Donny about. He's telling me we need to release another another song. So who knows? But coming back, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> a return, a return. Sick, well, sick. You see, um, no man. <laughs> There's not much, man. I like fashion. Yeah. I like style. Like, uh, I like to dress well. I like to look good. No, I don't know if you can see that already, but... <laughs> we pretty straight. We pretty drip. We saw, we saw. Yeah, yeah. So What's that, like, a young off-white? Little off-white drip. Young little. one. <laughs> <laughs> on, a Friday, on a Friday evening at home, you know. Calm. <laughs> on the T-side as well. Chilling, chilling, chilling. Um, no, that's that's it. That's it. Have you have you got any TV guilty pleasures? Uh, obviously, people have been watching a lot more Netflix due to lockdown. Is there anything that you like? People wouldn't expect you to be watching. Not in that way, of course. No. Nah. Okay, come, come. Ah, uh, yeah. Do your thing. Tubes, obviously, you've had um already at at your age had a mad career so far, man. And um, you know, like with us, we like we said, we like to change the narrative and, and really elevate footballers for their personalities and who they are. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about your journey within football, but just curious to know, like, your upbringing. Like what you, you mentioned your sister having a business and a studio, so you obviously come from a good family who are taught the right stuff and, and are quite switched on. So curious to know how it all started for you, man. Uh, how did it all start, man? Obviously, I'm from East London, Kentown, born and raised... I went to a school called St. Bonaventures. If you know about it. Sounds like a theme park, bro. What's it called? Where bar has come from, fam. St. Bonds, St. Bonds. Yeah, real bar has come from St. Bonaventures. Is it? Yeah, that's where Graham basically started to come out, bro. Oh, that's why. (laughs) No, it just comes with where I'm from. (laughs) I swear, like in the playground and that, everyone's freestyling and Mm. that. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From early, man. I'm from St. Bonds, Cannon Town. It's not the nicest of areas. It's mm-hmm. quite gritty, you know. But um, I've always been... Luckily, I've always been focused on football, man. I've always been into football. Um, obviously, I had friends doing the wrong things and that. But mm-hmm. for me, I can say my family kept me on a straight and narrow, man. Like my, my family kept me focused on football. So that's where I'm from. Obviously, I left Cannon Town when I was 15, 16. And I moved... Up. That's when I went to full-time football now. Yeah. I moved up to Boreham Wood Science, mm. near where the training ground is. Boreham Wood? Yeah. Boreham Wood, and that's where everything changed, isn't it? Now mm. all my family's up there, and it's just football now, full-time. Mm. So that's, that's where it all started for me. Yeah. Did you know, did you know from an early age that you was going to be a very good football player? 
I didn't. I didn't know, man. When you're young and you're playing, you're not even thinking about that. You know, you're just yeah. You're just playing, brother. I used to play on the streets. Used to play with my boys. Used to play for school. You're not even thinking about how your football career is gonna go. But mm. only now you start to look back, and I always ask my dad, like, what made him make me start to play football and stuff? And he just said that it's something that I enjoyed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't always know. That, that's so unique because like um obviously you have like a Nigerian household and I remember I was, I've told this story before but I remember like my mum's reaction to me wanting to play football was just a complete opposite it's more like okay cool you need to face your books you need to read this read that I remember having to sneak out to try and play uh football at times so we're like were your family and parents like supported from like day one yeah they were supported from day one and I think what helped is I grew up with Alex Iwobi, you lot would know Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their family and my family are really close. So nice. we both started playing football at the exact same time, the same local team. So, oh, right. That's crazy, yeah, man. Yeah. It was mad from you like guys came out three, together. four years old. We came up together. So I think that's what helped me because whereas, I don't know, a typical Nigerian parent would be saying education, education. <laughs> but you can see that I'm doing it with one of my friends and we're actually mm. quite good at it. Mm. So my mom and dad can't now tell me, ah, oh, no, he needs to focus on football, um, needs to focus on school while Alex is playing football and having fun. If we're both <laughs> having fun and we're doing all right, then, you know, just let us do our thing. And mm. that's what my mom and dad done. They just they just let me progress through the ranks and that's dope. no problem with that. That's dope. You said you said you grew up around and you had a lot of friends that were not necessarily doing the right things. I think we can all relate to that as well. Like coming from inner city London, it's, it's all around you, isn't it? Like, how did you, you said your, your family played a big part, but how did you also at a young age manage to keep that, that mindset of focusing on football? Because it's easy, like, let's, let's be real. When you're young, it's all the guys doing the bad stuff that get all the girls and they're the ones who are seen as the wavy guys. Like, how did you stay on track? You know what? Yeah, it, it, it was kind of easier for me than it would be for probably, I'd say, you, man, for example, because growing up, everyone wanted to be a footballer. Mm-hmm. So, like, you was either, I don't know, doing your thing on the roads or whatever, or you wanted to be a footballer. So I was uh, blessed enough to be in that place nice. where God has blessed me to be good at football. So why am I now going to start wanting to be on the roads and doing what mm. my friends are doing when mm. them man want to be in the same position I'm in. Mm. So luckily I switched on to that early because there was a lot of a lot of footballers that were probably as talented as me that I went to school. Yeah. Trust me. Real talk, man. Switch on to that from early, innit? Trust me, yeah. And and as you said, it's easy for all of us men that are from London because we got brethren that are doing that stuff. Mm. But for us to even get to where we are now, is is uh, it's a massive thing because they focused and we didn't do what our friends was doing and it mm. paid off in the end. Mm. So I didn't need much convincing, man. I had a strong family and I knew where I wanted to go. So I didn't need. It wasn't even hard for me. I just done my own thing and played football. How um sorry, can't see them. No, I was just gonna ask a very quick one. Like on your family, like um how many brothers and sisters do you have? Do you want to just talk about um your family a little bit? Yeah, I got a younger sister. She's fifteen now. And I got a big sister that is twenty-five. Okay. So that's so, what I'm so you're in the middle. I'm in the middle, yeah. I'm in the middle. Okay. And I got my mum and my dad there. So I got a strong family, a strong mm. um, I was gonna ask, because um like you was in you was in the Arsenal like set up for a very, very long time. 
how was that like just coming through the ranks there um dealing with like school and like friends and having to like balance all of that and just being yourself because um i've known many players and many people that have done the same thing and it's just interesting to get your perspective on on that um how do i do it man <laughs> as i said it was so easy for me because i always do i wanted to play football yeah it was never a thing where i was a bad man or anything like that or i wanted to be on the roads doing this i was never into none of that the only thing i wanted to do on the streets was play football as well <laughs> <laughs> literally my life evolved around football and um obviously in school i remember i went, I went to an all-boys school where everyone's trying to be a footballer. So mm. people were kind of looking at me like some were motivated, but some were like, this guy thinks he's this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the only, that's the big ob- that's the big obstacle that I had to get over because it was, it was mad. Like I had boys in school, I'm playing football and they're coming to clamp me in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. <laughs> and um, I think when it, when it really became big to me that I'm actually playing football at a, good level and everyone started to know me is when I played for England my first game for England under 16s mm. um, I played there I was on TV Sky Sports everything and I came back to school the next day and everyone's like oh Chupa's this he's playing yeah. for he's on Sky Sports and, that, and that's when it kicked in that mm. wow okay I want more of this innit I want more of this <laughs> <laughs> I want more of this this kind of attention mm. so yeah, bro, it was easy for me, man. It was easy for me to stay focused and um, get to where I am. Oh. Yeah, and when when you had that sort of that that first big break at Arsenal, like how did that how did that feel to you, man? Obviously, like, you just mentioned your family, and I feel like that's a definitely a consistent theme of them supporting you. Like, how did they feel? How did you feel when you had that first sort of big break at Arsenal? Uh, when I had that big break, uh, it, it was a surreal feeling, man, because. Mm. Um, I think the first big break I had was in pre-season. I must have been like I must have been like 17. And I've gone pre-season with the team. Obviously, I'm going, I'm going with these big players, man. I'm just thinking, I'm even happy to be on the bench here, just mm. here for the experience. And I scored on my first game. And bro, the attention you get when you play for a team like Arsenal is just it's mad. Crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. How did how did you deal with that? Like, sorry to cut YouTuber, like obviously being so young. And then all of a sudden getting all of this like attention. Like how did that make you feel like just on a on a mental, like what was that like? Uh, on a mental, I think it helps you. Yeah. It kind of boosts you a bit more because nice. you're thinking, wow, like I can actually do it and people mm. believe I can do it as well. Mm, that's interesting, man, because some people like um won't like they get to that point and it's like, rah, like I've now got to play for these people and they feel the pressure of of fans and supporters like you almost it almost feels like you got to that point I was like yeah I'm ready like this is this is gonna boost me up sort of thing do you know what I mean it's a nice yeah 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 I can can see why it would affect someone in in that other way as well Mm. because it's very underwhelming like Mm. overwhelming so so many fans like Arsenal's a global team man we was in Mm. Vietnam we was in Indonesia and it's just mental the amount of fans there is the amount of messages you start to get, mm. uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything, you're all over the place now, isn't it? So some players can start to think, wow, can I wow, can I keep this up? Can I can I deal with this? Mm. But for me, it was just like, 
yeah, I need, I want more of this. I love this feeling. It's a good feeling. So, mm. and how was that? Like the countries you just mentioned, you, you, coming from East London and then traveling with Arsenal to then go into <laughs> these places. Like, what would yeah, it, like, no, you have any stories of of being in those places and like remembering how you felt within those moments? Bro, I have too many, man. <laughs> uh, you know, you might look at some man and think, "Oh, you're a footballer. You should be used to this and that." But for me, bro, it was like. I'm I'm from Cannon Town, like mm. from East London, and till this day, I have I still have that feeling of like I can't believe I am where I am right now. Mm. So like That's when amazing. I was 17, I was going away with Arsenal. I used to think, rah, man, sitting next to Ozil on the plane, playing <laughs> and that. It's still that that feeling still stays. It still stays with me because I know how far I've come. You know mm. what I'm saying? I don't know how it is for for next man, but this is how I feel anyway. So till this day, it's, it's surreal, man. Even when people ask me for pictures and all of these things, it's all surreal to me because I never, mm. I never expected for myself to do as well as I've, I've done. So um, mm. I'm very grateful, you know, to be, to, to be where I am now. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. That sounds like you love football, bro. That and that's and it comes through. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you speak to certain people and 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 like um they'll talk about ball. Um, but you you, you sound like you just love ball, like and you always have. Yeah, which is man. mad refreshing, man, honestly. Um, obviously, like you were at Arsenal and you you've gone out on loan a few times. Like, how did that make you feel? Because if you love football and like, you want to stay in a place, like how is that how has that like affected you when you were going through those mom- those moments? Well, with, my, with, with this loan thing, for me, it's been very up and down, man. I think that's what's opened my eyes to the reality of football even mm. more because I first went out on loan. Bro, I can talk you through all my loans and how they come. <laughs> <laughs> I went on loan when I was 18, firstly, to Brentford. Didn't work out. I went on loan to Coventry. Didn't work out. So at this age, I'm 18. I'm thinking... My friends are still playing youth team football, but I've gone on these loans and it's not worked out for me. But at the time, I'm sad about it. But now, I will look back and I think, rah, this is this is what's made me a man. All these unsuccessful mm. loans and stuff. Mm. So, 
I've come back, I've gone on loan to Hull at 19, been successful, we got promotion, gone back the next season, back to Arsenal, injured, gone to Brighton, we got promotion, but I barely played. All of this, these loans, bro, is good, bad, good, bad, but I'm starting to see, like, rough. this football thing is real, man. Like, when I've gone on bad loans, you get fans messaging you, like, ah, oh, you're shit. Wow. You get people starting to doubt you now. You're still, I'm, I'm 18, 19 still. And man, <laughs> yeah, you've done that here. Crazy, man. Arsenal. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm. that's what opened my eyes up to the reality of football. And I started to think, okay, there's a good side and there's a bad side now. Mm. And how have you handled that? Obviously, like the, the bad times in terms of like fans getting on to you and things like that. Because I think like uh, what people don't realise is that like footballers are a human being. And like when you play a game of football, like no one intentionally tries to make a bad pass or do anything. Like sometimes it just doesn't happen. And like the fans like Twitter can be an unforgiving place. And like if I was ever a professional for I just wouldn't have any of the social networks to be honest. So like how do you... How do you, do you get training on that? Is someone prepping you or how do you manage that whole world? I personally, I personally think there should be, uh, there should be someone helping young footballers, especially deal with the mental side of football. Because for me personally, I'm, I'm very, I'd like to think of myself as someone that's very mentally strong. So yeah. me, I could just look past it, you know, and mm. it kind of made me stronger. But for a lot of football players, especially now, like this social media thing is is mad, bro. Mm. Um, Talk about that a bit, man. Yeah, for sure. It's mad, bro. Like you have a bad game. Let's say you're talking for you're, you're playing for Arsenal or Liverpool or something like that. You're a young player. You have one bad game, and Twitter and Instagram is going off. Remember, these footballers see everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust yeah. me, footballers have time. You might think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tweets and that, bro. Footballers see everything. So you go on your phone. You're seeing your timeline, your shit, different type of abuse, bro, different type of abuse. Mm-hmm. A lot of, imagine everyone's human. Like, you might think that you can, ah, oh, whatever, but after some time, it will start eating away at you, eating away at yeah. you. And it might start to show on the pitch. So, I think but- that. Sorry, sorry to cut you. I was just going to ask, have you, is it without naming any names, but are there any players that you know that you've seen, like, kind of like, they've gone into their shell as a result of, you know, people that you knew that were ballers, but then maybe they had that one game and you just, unfortunately, seen them go into their shell a little bit. Does that happen? You see, man, you, you see, man, change, man. Is it? Change, mm. yeah, yeah. It affects, it affects footballers a lot. Like, a lot, forget about how much money they're on or whatever. All that abuse that you receive online, oh, he's shit, he's this, trust me, it affects footballers a lot. So, Wow. You need to stay mentally strong. You need to come off to social media and not get too attached, man. Because you know there's just trolls out here that mm. they just don't want you to be happy, man. It's mm. crazy. Um but small question, yeah. And I know it's like just a small detail, but like how soon after a game do players go on their phone and start pre in social media? Is it straight after the game they're in the locker room, like boom, boom, boom? Um, from what I've seen in the change rooms I've been in. As soon as everyone's in from the game and you've had spoken to the manager and it's time to get changed now, everyone's on their phones. Mm-hmm. So when you're on your phones, I don't know, you could be speaking to family, but more time you're you're scrolling through Instagram, you're scrolling through Twitter, and you, you're seeing everything. Wow. So it's mad, bro. It's mad. Like That's crazy. Crazy, bro. Yeah, because you often yeah. think that as a 
as a fan of football, you often think that, yeah, these players don't see their stuff or, you know, like they can block it out. But to hear you now saying that actually their players are, are deep in their stuff and, and seeing it is, is, is kind of contradictory to what we would, we would think from the outside in. Exactly. Everyone sees it, bro. I'm telling you, man. And it's mad, you know what? Like, as a fan, you're probably thinking, oh, yeah, I need to air my grievances as one person, innit? But if one times 20,000, 60,000, 100,000 people are doing that, <laughs> bro, and it's all centered at one person, that's a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. of abuse, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. I feel like players definitely need to be, like, mentally strong to be able to play in that, in that arena, bro, because it's asking so much of you, even more so than it was from before, because mm-hmm. I guess without social media, you're going to have to deal with that on a weekend when you see your fans. But now it's just like escalating through the week and it might affect your whole thing, bro. It's crazy. Whole thing, it'll affect the way you deal with your family, how you are when you go back home for a lot of men, men, bro. But me personally, I just feel good that um, I'm I'm mentally strong, man. I remember one game I had for Brighton. Brighton were top of the league. Um, It's my first start for the team. So full stadium and that. And... I think the Brighton fans, they thought I had an awful game. But <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't even think I had an awful game. I didn't do the yeah. best, but I didn't have an awful game. Yeah. And I got subbed off in the second half. I think it's 0-0. We're not even losing. And a section of the fans start booing. Swear. On your first start. On my first start, bro. That's on my crazy. first start. Yeah. And I can, it, I can hear it, bro. I can hear the boos and that. And I'm thinking, Bruh. oh my days, fam. How are these fans actually? Are they serious? We're not even losing, you know. It's no, no. You're you're not even losing, and and anyone like anyone like you got like I'm sent off or anything. You just, you've been subbed <laughs> off because it's your time. Tactical decision, fan. <laughs> Fucking hell, bro. For me, I, for me, I look, I look at it, and I think these guys are clowns, man. But I can put it past me. Mm. Put it past mm. me, and it's whatever. But for a lot of fans. Can you see how it can affect? It can affect. 100, yeah, hundred. What's gonna happen the next time they go to that stadium and they and yeah, they previously they're not gonna wanna get on the ball maybe or something like that. So mm. not nice. I think, I think it was last week. I was just trying to like put it into context that I could understand it. It's literally like me going up for a meeting and let's say like okay, I present and I not my best presentation coming out of the presentation and having people like you're shit you're not fit to, <laughs> to be at this company yeah, I was just like fit to work, yeah, yeah I, I was like I know how I feel like when maybe like when one person gives me slightly like negative or constructive feedback and I'm like I might be in my feelings for that day <laughs> come to think of like and I was just like that is mad like you wouldn't do that in any other profession but like yeah it's just yeah but Tubes where do you think you get your mental toughness from yeah, I was gonna ask spoken that, about yeah. it quite a lot um I definitely think it's it's definitely got something to do with where I'm from. Okay. 100%. I know a lot of men say this, but it's, it does because, for example, I remember when I was young and I would be playing with the older the older players and I'd have to wait. I'd have to wait on the side. Sometimes yeah, I'd be like, yeah, yeah. hey, bro, it's facts. <laughs> I have my full kit on and that. And, <laughs> <laughs> and when you get to play... Obviously, I had this talent for when I was young. I'm trying to run past all these players and that. My teammates are shouting at me, pass the ball, man, you're young. Pass the ball, man, you're young. Or men are kicking me down and saying, don't try to dribble past me and all of this stuff. Uh, it really yeah. happened to me when I was young, bro, in the park, in the cages. And then we go to school now from year seven to year nine. 
every playtime we play football in the cage, concrete cage. Yeah. Every lunchtime mm. we play football. With the Wallabies. Yeah, but Wallabies beat up <laughs> that kickers beat up. Kickers beat up that kickers, kickers bro. <laughs> and your mum's vexed as well because they cost peas, bro. Mum's vexed, bro. Mum's vexed. <laughs> Playing ball and every time it's just rough football. Yeah. <laughs> got man trying to kick you, got man trying to prove a point. You got the older mm. man, year 11s, and that when you're in your 10, your 11s coming, taking your ball, booting the ball. El Clasico. <laughs> oh, it's just mental. So from young, I've always had this, I've always had this, this type of mad focus of like, no one can, no one can take me away from where I'm supposed to be. You know, I've always had this mad focus and I feel like it's little experiences like that that have given me that that um, that mentality. R- random, like the, the year 10, year 11 derby, where does that rank in some of the derbies that you played in? Because that's a different type of energy. <laughs> energy. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, the 11s won't even let you win, you know. They just start beefing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it don't even come about football at a certain point. Yeah, yeah. At a certain point, it just... You know what I'm saying? Uh, they just come and just sometimes they come and just boot the ball over the fence, just looking to find someone. Mad, bro. <laughs> uh, you, you spoke about um, experiences and some of the stuff that you've had to endure that shaped you to who you are now. Um, you've obviously been able to travel abroad as well through football. Um, how has that been for you, bro? And obviously, again, like, boy from East London now traveling abroad and being in new territory. How did you find that, man? Honestly, bro, that was the best. That was the best experience, man. I'm so glad that I made the decision to go abroad. Sick, man. Because uh, it's just a mad experience, man. Honestly, if I knew you, man, if I knew you, man, while I was in Greece, I would have invited you, man, to come and watch one game. Mm. Wow, that and mad. It would have been a game that you will never forget. Seriously, really? Honestly, bro, the experience is mental. So obviously, I played for Palk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Team in Greece, of course. <laughs> um, and when we used to play against Olympiakos, which is another famous team. Oh shit! Yeah. The atmosphere is just—it's just nuts. I'm gonna send you lot a few videos in it, so you yeah. can yeah, sick, please. Watch on YouTube. But honestly, that type of atmosphere you won't find anywhere else. Maybe in Turkey or something, but not in England. You don't find that. Mm. They've got fireworks and. Different type of power, everything, everything. Mm. It's just fireworks. How did they even get in the stadium? <laughs> I don't know how they get. Like, I don't know how they get a lot of things. In, but the atmosphere is mental. The mm. atmosphere is crazy, and obviously, it was a quite. Uh, the team had a quite successful season. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we won the double, etc. So, I lived in Thessaloniki, and that's the main team in in Thessaloniki. Yeah. So, bro, everywhere you go, you go to the gas station, you go to the corner shop, you go to the laundry shop, anywhere, bro, they're speaking about pauk, pauk, pauk. You don't have to pay for your food. You don't have to pay for your drink. Wow. Be you like real kings out there. Royalty. <laughs> real, yeah, royalty, like at the highest level, bro, at the wow. highest level. I used to have my family and that come in, my friends and that come in, and they're saying that like, this is mad. this is mad bro everywhere you go everywhere you go so um definitely thankful for that experience if i'd stayed i don't know if i'd stayed in england or if i'd gone somewhere else i wouldn't have had that same experience Mm. Mm. i'm I'm very happy that i made the decision to go out there and so perhaps you make a good point like um 
you know, us man, we 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 follow football our whole career, and now I think like you're, you're we're in the middle of a generation where a lot of young footballers um, are a lot more open to loans or transfers, like yourself going to Greece. Um, and like, do you think that is something like long term that can like b- 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 benefit the game, not not only for the footballers but also you guys as, as humans? Because you know we're 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 all from London and we're enjoying living in Dam. But do you, um, why do you think there's been a switch of your young footballers being open to Europe or any kind of move? Sorry, because I feel like young footballers are seeing these world class footballers like Mbappe, like Neymar, like Jaden Sancho, and they're now saying that I want to be like them. Yeah. But I've, but for me to be like them, I need to be playing. So yeah, I'm not going to stay in the under-18s. I'm not going to stay in the reserves. I'm not going to be on the bench in the first teams. I want to play now. It doesn't matter if I'm 18 or 17. I want to play now. So I think that's the difference now. Young players, they need it. They need to play now and they're ready to play. They have the ability, they have the motivation and the ambition to play now. And these teams abroad are giving these young players the chance to play. So why, will I, why am I going to stay here in a youth team or on the bench when I can right. play abroad? Yeah. So it's a no-brainer, really. Go out there, do your thing. For example, you've seen what Sancho done. He's at Manchester City, a big club, but he's gone to Dortmund. He's sacrificed himself, gone to Germany alone, and now he's a superstar. So young players are looking at players like Sancho and thinking, I want to do the same thing, but I need the chance to do this. Mm. And a lot of teams abroad are giving the players a chance, so it's mm. good. What was the culture shot like when you first moved to... Uh, Greece initially in terms of like the the football and everything because I remember moving over to Amsterdam and I think uh, me and Yaf we joined like uh, we joined a team in um, in Amsterdam and just seeing it, it was absolute banter but like uh, <laughs> we won't get into that but uh, just just the fact of like the way they were playing um, football everything on the floor um, the systems that they had in place even the infrastructure here like everywhere has a football pitch it's not like boggy I was I was making a joke with uh, Kwame today about playing on like boggy pitches with a man like Archie in the middle just winning headers and just lumping it forward like it's a it was a different type of football that I'd never seen or been exposed to at that level at that grassroots level so like what was it like for you in Greece like they're just those cultural moments um I didn't really have no culture shock because the people are amazing mm-hmm. food's amazing um just the environment's amazing. Everything, everything is good. So I didn't really have no culture shock with football. The language barrier. There wasn't really a language barrier because everyone spoke English. Really, manager spoke English, players spoke English. But football-wise, I felt like it was less about physical. It was less about being mm-hmm. good physically, and it was more about being good technically mm-hmm. and tactically. So it's something that I had to adjust to a bit more. Um, but it's definitely added some more experience to the way I play and st- the type of person that I am. But, yeah. um, no, there wasn't too much of a culture shock, to be honest. It's an easy transition. It was an easy transition for me, anyway. It was it was quite an easy transition. Sick. You spoke about the person that you just said the person you became. I was going to ask, like, what did that move do for you personally? Like, how did it develop you? What did you feel you learned? Um, yeah, man, what's it done for you? Uh, it's done a lot because uh, I was playing for a team that hadn't won the league in 34 years. Oh. So the pressure that there was from the fans was mental. 
from the fans, from the staff, from the the owner. It was just mad. It was like you need to win. You need really? To win. Yeah, it okay. was mad, bro. Like, um, mad enough. We 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 didn't lose a game in the league that season. <laughs> so that pressure wow. really worked, boy. <laughs> when I say pressure, I mean I'm not talking about the pressure in England where it's maybe social media and all of this. I'm talking about in your face pressure. Like I'm talking about we got a match tomorrow and the fans are coming to the training ground. What? Oh, it's real pressure, bro. That is mad. Where I don't know if in England it would be allowed, but fans are coming to the training ground, not in the training ground. They're coming on the pitch. Bro. They're lighting <laughs> us all up. <laughs> they're lighting us up, and they're saying, "You on a mafia thing? Like there's like thirty, <laughs> and they're saying there's no option. You need to win tomorrow, bro. Boy. In Olympiacos, you need to win." There's no option. There's no other option. Bruh. I don't want to see you out at nightclubs. <laughs> messing around. I need you focused. Oh, my gosh. It's that type of pressure I like. It's a real lockdown. It's a real It's the owner calling. Can't, can't sneeze without somebody looking at you. Like. <laughs> it's mad, bro. But I, I look back and I just, I love it, man. I love it. It's amazing. The owner's FaceTiming us. We're all in a room. He speaks Russian. So he's going off. Russian, you need to win in Russian. You need to win. There's no other option. There's no other option. <laughs> and it's it's pressure from all angles, bro. It's mad. Wow. The oh, manager doesn't even need to do a team talk. Trust me. Even the manager's under pressure because he needs to win as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's it's mental, bro. One time, mm. um, I have so many experiences, man. One time he was at the dinner table. Yeah. You just heard a bang through the door. Boof. No. <laughs> 15 fans walk in while we're eating. eating. When when do you see this or hear about this, bro? You never hear about this. Oh, <laughs> oh my days. Dinner table. All you hear is bang. Man come in, 15 man, they just circle the whole table walking around. Bro. Mafias, bro, blacked out, everything. You're <laughs> joking, bro. Bro, it's mad. And obviously we're eating, so we're like, <laughs> How how did you feel at this moment, bro? <laughs> <laughs> at this moment, I'm thinking, what is going on? He's just looking and they're not doing nothing. Oh, fuck. Obviously, they're not going to hurt anyone, but bro, they're right in our faces. Bruh. They, they're picking out everyone one by one. You need to do this better. Why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing this? Um... I'm sacrificed. I've left my family now to come and speak to you. Lot. I'm not doing this. I've been crying. I've been this. What? <laughs> That's pressure, bro. Shouting both for like 30 minutes. Then they go. And then we got to get back to eating and focusing on the game. That's coming. <laughs> the food's all cold and that, you know, you just got told off by that. strangers. That's a good job you lot was winning. Imagine if you wasn't. So, uh, that's... When I say pressure, bro, that's, that's oh, real pressure. Oh, bro. my days. <laughs> Imagine you weren't winning, bro. It's mad, bro. No. You know, sometimes when we used to draw and that, we used to get fans and that, not happy in your face and stuff. So, yeah, that was the type of pressure that we had to deal with, man. If you can handle that, you can handle anything. Sounds you can like that. You can handle anything. And that's something that my agent said to me just before I came out, he said he knows how the fans are and stuff, but if you can play here, you can play anywhere. Mm. It's a real type of pressure. So um, I definitely feel like, and I feel like I thrived under that pressure even more. Mm. It's weird, but I feel like it, it motivated me to do better 
Anyway, so so you're basically calling out all the Barra Ultras to, to, to come over, yeah? It must be mad right now, though, like having no fans in the stadium, right? Yeah, how's yeah, that? that? Oh, yeah, true. Dead, bro. <laughs> it's come like like clo- behind closed door games, isn't it? Door <laughs> Training games. It's got to be done, isn't it, for the safety of everyone. Mm. For me, um, I'd love to even have. 50, 100 fans just to give a bit of atmosphere, but yeah, it is what it is, man. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, 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 but when, when you're, you're playing, playing, like, I, I know it feels different in terms of the sound of the atmosphere, but, but like, in terms, in terms of your performance or your mindset, mindset like, when you're when on, you're on when, the, when you come to the right line, line, like, 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 like nothing, nothing changes, changes right? right? Like, you're, like, 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 like um, you're still, you're still playing, playing ball, right? Or, like, do little things make a difference in your performance if you feel now? Um, I feel I feel like little things do make a difference. Um, for example, there being no fans, it can make a difference. It can because that atmosphere that used to be there, it motivates you even more. You're, if your team's losing, you hear the fans roaring. That pushes you, even though you're self-motivated already, but mm. you that extra percent, that extra boost. Um, for me, when I when I get on the pitch, I try to I just zone out basically. I zone out. Sometimes I have little, sometimes I have little thoughts about my family. Sometimes mm. I have little. Wow. Thoughts. Yeah, it's weird, bro. It's weird. It's like you're in another in another planet. Like bro. your form of meditation, almost. Literally. Mm. Literally. You, I, I keep talking to myself, like keep going, keep pushing myself, keep motivating myself, keep doing this right. You need to do this better. It's like you're having a little conversation with yourself, but. Um, Sometimes I think about my family. Sometimes I think about... I try to put positive thoughts into my head, like, oh, if I score, I can do this celebration. Or if I score, uh, <laughs> people will be happy and shit like that. Like, I try mm. to to put positive thoughts into my mind. That's sick, man. Bro, it sounds like you've just had some mad experiences through football. And obviously now, um, being placed in the north of England, you're now, like, on another adventure. Like, what... Are there any stories within your career so far that stick out to you or any things that you feel have shaped you as a man? Obviously, Greece, we spoke about basically like dinner time getting interrupted by the mafia. But are there any other things that kind of stick out to you? Stick out to me? In terms of actual moments or in general? Yeah, or like just any stories like you just mentioned, for example, in Greece. Okay. I have hella stories in Greece. <laughs> <laughs> Write a whole book. Whole Netflix <laughs> For example, bro, there's one guy that looks after the building of where I was living. He's a park fan. Everyone's a park fan, but he's a park fan. And if the team wins, he's, he only spoke Greek to me, and I don't really understand Greek. So he'll be speaking Greek, Greek. Oh, well done, saying this. Good things in, in Greek when we win. If we lose... <laughs> bro, <laughs> if we lose, bro... He speak Greek like that, but he'll look at me like that with a side eye. <laughs> he's cussing me. He's cussing me in Greek, you know. Like, he's not even being friendly with me no more. If we lose, he's cussing me in Greek. He's like, this get out of here, blah, blah, blah. And then if we win, oh, well done, blah, blah, blah. If we lose, oh, oh, look how you played in Greek and that. He's cussing me down. So, uh, oh, man. Man, even need uh, Google Translate for when you lose. Need Google Translate, man. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh sorry, I was thinking it's me. No, no, um, no, 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 no. no, I was gonna say obviously 
uh, my background and what I'm wearing, so I need to touch on it. Uh, recently, recently, you made the great decision um, in terms of changing like your international allegiance from England to Nigeria. Just talk to, to us about um, how that came about, um, and then you know what do both countries mean to you and 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 that? Because I know, I, I know what it's like obviously being. Uh, growing up here, but also being Nigerian, so I'm just curious as to how that came about. Firstly, bro, I, I hope Nigerians are watching this because <laughs> sometimes I get tweets and messages saying, "Oh, what are you doing, man? You haven't switched in allegiances. You haven't. You, know, you you're snubbing Nigeria." And I'm just, I don't even reply, but I'm just like, "This guy's talking. You don't even know what the situation is." <laughs> I've been, I've been waiting to play for Nigeria for years. Wow. Yeah for years bro it's only uh recently that there's been more interest that i uh done the papers and stuff to switch over to nigeria but i'm eligible to play for nigeria right now so if they call me right now i'll go and play it's not like i'm <laughs> telling them i don't want to play yeah, 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 I'm ready yeah, yeah. right now to be in a squad so i'm just waiting but yeah as i said i hope nigerians are watching because i'm ready to play and hopefully i get selected soon man yeah i'm waiting for you bro <laughs> How does it work with like doing the switch? Because obviously, um, you know, what was the process behind all of that? And then how did you, was it one day you just like, I know you've been waiting to play for Nigeria for a while, but like you were originally playing for England. Like how, what was the switch? I think they got to go through a lot of paperwork. They got to know every single game you played for England. Wow. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. But I just leave it to my agent really. But mm. Yeah. It's a long, I think it's a, quite a long process. I'm not too sure. And then you obviously following like a Wobi because obviously he's playing for Nigeria, and then obviously hopefully we get to see you guys on the pitch for Nigeria, uh, African Nations or a World Cup uh, soon. But like I've, I'm really encouraged because I'm seeing more and more uh, younger players uh, choose to play for Nigeria or choose to play for African countries, which I think is really important because I hate the fact that every time everyone's like, oh, no African nation has won a World Cup. And like, um, I get a lot of um, hate for this, but I still say that, I still say that France owe Africa a World Cup because that 98 team, (laughs) a 98 team as as African. So if if everybody stayed where they were born or everything, then I'm, I'm sure Africa would have a uh, World Cup champion by now so like I've just seen that trend even though I say that and Saka decided to play for England yesterday on Independence Day of all days uh, I'll say no more I won't say no more on that but um, yeah I've, I've seen I've seen that trend and I think it's encouraging for the future when I look at the Nigerian team uh, I think even Maja who was at Sunderland he's also like uh, pledged to play for Nigeria as well and you've got Victor Osman and Didi like you've got a really good core there and I'm really hopeful for the future yeah, definitely. I think Nigeria is very exciting right now. The future, the young players at the moment are very promising. So, and you get to get a drippy kit as well. Exactly. Oh, I told Alex to hold me one from the World Cup, but I don't think he remembers when I got a message. Oh, yeah. That one was wavy, but the new one is yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah, the whole collection is mad, mad. But, um, I was, I was going to say, bruv, like you mentioned at the beginning something really interesting about footballers have a lot to get off their chest and a lot to talk about. Mm. Um, you also kind of touched on the fact that you do music. So there's, of course, a whole different side to you, right? Like, mm. what do you think it is now within this sort of current generation of footballers where they're now a lot more willing to express themselves? 
um, they feel a lot more comfortable to. And where do you see that going? Um, I think definitely the NBA has had a big influence. Are you a fan of the NBA? I'm not. I'm not. I uh-huh. wish I was though, but I'm not, man. Bro, finals right now has been popping. Popping. Game tonight. I don't really follow NBA, man. But I, I, I follow the way that they're so expressive in mm-hmm. what they think, and they're not. They don't hold back with nothing, boy. Nothing. Yeah. So I feel like that's definitely had a big influence on uh, a lot of footballers. Mm-hmm. But now. It's 2020, man. So you're telling me what? Because cause I play football, I'm supposed to be a robot, drink water, sleep, <laughs> eat, you know, keep my mouth closed. You know what I'm saying? Drink water. Drink water. <laughs> Stay hydrated. He's basically saying I have to be basic, but he said I have to drink water. <laughs> Bro, don't get me wrong, I drink water as well, but it's like... I get what I you're saying. Okay. I, have, I, have, I can do other things before, you know. Yeah. Um, no, it's facts. It's can, facts. I've got a voice. I've got a platform. Mm. Um, I was talking to my boy about it, but this whole uh, Black Lives Matter, mm. um, I'm seeing a lot of men that have platforms. They want to post football pics and they want to post drip. But when yeah. it's time to talk about Black Lives Matter, something that's actually important, yeah. you're not there. You're not doing nothing. You're not speaking mm. to the people. You're not educating people. Tell them. What's the point of having a platform then? You know mm. what I'm saying? Why do, why do you think people are scared to, to, to talk about certain things, then? I feel like a lot of men, they don't want to be seen as, oh, I'm supporting this Black Lives Matter. Mm. You know, I think that a lot of men are scared, man. A lot of men are scared. Maybe, what? I don't know, they might lose followers or they might lose a friend in their change room that doesn't support. I don't know, bro. I don't yeah. know. Sounds like you don't even care. It sounds like you, if you, you're going to talk about it, if you can talk about it, because you've got a platform which I, I admire. Um, what, 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 what do you think about everything that's happening right now, as a player as well? As a player, it's sad, man. It's sad, but um, I can only control what I can control. I can only mm. influence the people that I can influence. Mm. I got to play my part, and me playing my part is using my platform to educate people. Mm-hmm. For example, I have a lot of uh, Greek followers from um, when I was in Pauk and I posted a few videos on Instagram and a few posts on my Instagram and I had a lot of messages from Greek people saying, wow, I didn't even know you felt like this. Crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to do this and do that. Mm. And it's mad because even if I've influenced one person, yeah, that's good. But I had so many messages, so many, hundreds of messages saying sorry, this, this, that. It just shows how influential I can be on other people. Mm-hmm. So use your platform because you can influence a lot of people. F- facts. I-, I think we're seeing that right now because obviously what you were doing there in terms of educating, but also like what people like Mike, uh, Marcus Rashford have done in terms of like the the food program. So I think like, I think, I don't know why it's taken so long, but I know why, because of like the media and the culture in Europe. But like, when I see like, you know, LeBron James um, has built a school. Uh, there's so many NBA athletes that are, you know, that are rappers or producing music or doing everything else here. And then like, from speaking to you, like what I just get a sense of is that in Europe, there's just a big fear. Like just fear of to be themselves and that, that's kind of what inspired us to get on and, and do this and I don't I don't know where it's come from I don't know how we can break it but like, I think having more of these conversations will help us get there but we need to get to a point where we celebrate 
people being multifaceted people and not just these binary drinking water and staying hydrated. There's more to life than being hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just going to drink water and, and say nothing, you know. I'm going to speak my mind. You have to, fam. have to, have to. That's facts. It's facts what you said. That's why even conversations like what we're having now, for people to watch and listen, tune into, you could learn a lot from these things. Mm. So, um, it's important to be having these type of conversations. Yeah, and I think as well, um, like what's in, what's important about that is that it's happening now, and it's going to continue to happen more because there's players like you that the younger generation are going to see of players be like, oh right, like I don't need to worry about what I say or I don't need to worry about what I share on my platform, and it's just going to create this whole culture of people being 100%. more open and and more forthcoming. So, bruv, just definitely keep up that mindset because I think it it really it really paves the way. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask. Like one of the last questions from my side was, you spoke a lot about your family. Like, how did it feel when you was really able to put them on and you was really able to, you know, like reward them with all the support they've given you, man? Mm. It's one of the it's one of the best feelings. Man. Uh, a lot of men will say, oh, you you made it out of the hood." Mm-hmm. That's that's what a lot of us aspire to do when we was young. You know, make it out of the hood and buy your mama crib, buy your mama car, and. Uh, Fortunately, uh, I could do that for my for my family and my mom at a young age. So it is a good feeling, you know. You can't pay your family back for what they've done for you. It's priceless. But, wow. you know, if you can make sure your mom and dad are good in a new house or whatever it is, then that that would be nice. Yeah. Sick. So, yeah. That's nuts, bro. I'm just here because this is like one of the... I feel like this is one of our favourite conversations. That 100%. Like, like literally like... Mm. I'm just like just listening back to, to what you're saying and just talking and just being so open and candid with us, man. Like it's it's refreshing and obviously there's loads of other players that are like that as well. But to have someone like yourself just sitting here and chopping it up with us, man, is actually so cold. Um I could wrap up, but I'm just like, no, nah, I want to ask a couple more questions. Like, what's like, what's some of the funniest shit like that has happened to you, like, or like to, that you've seen um, on a training ground or in a chain, like in a in a yeah, at a training at training or whatever. whatever. Ah, funny moments, man. Uh, I can't remember any from the top. <laughs> what pops out? What, Anything what, pops what, up? Any particular Arsenal with any of the young boys, like Awobi and them, man, or with any of the like senior players? I don't know if that's because my memory's bad, or <laughs> I don't know. Nothing really pops up that that's funny that I could tell you, man. I'm a liar. Wow. Well, I'll push, push you. I remember. So I used to play football, innit? I used to play at Palace. I remember there was one time when, um, fucking, I was a first year and I was training out. I was training out and the second years had gone in early. And all of a sudden, like, they were all dressed and they just start bopping out of our change room. And they were, they were all just looking mad suspicious, innit? But, like, just got in their cars and ducked off, innit? So us lot, first years come off from the afternoon training ground, gone to our change room. Bro, all our stuff was in the shower. Oh. All, my tra- all our trainers were just, like, stuck up on the ceilings. Fucking... Man had like holes cut in their in their in their jeans in their t-shirts. t-shirts. Bro, bro, bro. In this different type of banner, it bro. Was mad. It, it was, was mad. mad bro. <laughs> Have you man heard the story of Kenwin Jones at Stoke? 
with the pig. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. not cool, bro. Yeah. That's that not cool. Mad. I have, I have. Do you know what? There's a lot of stories I could tell you, though, but it's mad explicit. Yeah. <laughs> Unmarked after dark, yeah. <laughs> Unmarked after dark. <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what, bruv? Let's wrap. We can wrap this one up. And we yeah, can. yeah, let's wrap. Let me let me wrap this. Let me wrap this. You've been listening yeah, to the Unmarked yeah. Show with your boys Kieran Kwame, Yavin Stephen, and Tuba Akpod. Jeez. I don't know. <laughs>